Here's the situation, Rush. Uh, I'm going to give you a base model item, and you can add only one thing to that base model. Ooh, okay. I'm going to enjoy doing that. I hope so. Uh, I'm Rush Howell. I'm TJ Jagodowski. And this is Here's the Situation. It's a real podcast about hypothetical situations. This week's theme, TJ, is Ad Ham and Eve. Yes. Ad Ham and Eve. Uh, and... I should say we are recording yep. on an eve, uh, or we're not. We're, it's, it's actually daytime. We usually kind of record <laughs> right. at night, but this That's is true. New Year's Eve, the day of New Year's Eve. Yes. So this will be our last recording for 2020. You guys will hear this. Well, actually, we I think we only have one in the can. We got to get to work, man, because we have I know we have we no do. buffer. We got this no is out soon. <laughs> yeah. You know, usually we got a little fat in case we in case we have to hibernate for a bit. We can eat off. Eat off of that for a little bit, but we are we are skin and bone right now as far as as far as the pantry goes. <laughs> Got to get to recording, but first we have to celebrate getting rid of 2020. <laughs> yeah, it's. Uh, I love that. Like we think it's going to be really different <laughs> come 2020. Hey, why not? <laughs> for, why not? For nine months out of 20, at, le- at least it's going to be real similar to 2020. <laughs> hey, don't say that. You don't know that. Like it, it, it overall, like I feel like. I feel like getting 2020 in into our hindsight yeah. is a good thing. And I feel like there's a little bit of an, I mean, I am a longtime basher of New Year's Eve as a holiday of the New Year's transition uh-huh. as kind of a silly uh, holiday. But this year uh, it's a little different. Let's I mean, put it, I think it, let's put this one in the dumpster and set it on, set it on fire twice. Yeah. I think everybody ought to, you know, uh, begin tomorrow looking forward and to that end tj yes i am gonna i'm gonna do a very basic uh situation to start here I love uh, it. so here's the situation yes you tj jagowski and i rush howell are recording our last podcast of 2020 we're doing it on new year's eve and so i thought let's go ahead and do some new year's resolutions okay and if we then are still recording a podcast uh, oh, that's at right. the end of 2021. Okay. Hopefully we will be, but who knows? Uh, but if we are, we'll come back and revisit our New Year's resolutions. I thought we'll, we'll both do, you know, however many you want. I, I was going to do maybe five. And we'll do some New Year's resolutions and then see how we do a year from now. Okay. Uh, uh, let's, do you want to go one for one? I, I have three that I kind of know of. Maybe four. Oh, I, I have four that I maybe know of. So we can, we can kind of go one for one if you want. Sure. All right. You want to kick it off? Yeah, sure. I, I have, when, when COVID first started and it seemed like, oh, this might be like six months or we don't know, you know, like it was a, it was a new bug. If it was like anything like SARS or, or, or whatever, or MERS, it wasn't going to last forever. It wasn't going to be global, you know? And so right. I had this idea that um, I still I still want to put in play, and I'm resolve I'm resolving to put this show up. I got the cast together. I had everything all set up. I had a 15 person cast of different ages and and um you know like a different different backgrounds and stuff ready to go. We I had uh, rehearsal space scheduled, and then this thing turned into what it what it was. And so I've been sitting on this for now nine months. Um, and it's an idea based on contagion and mutation. That I'd like to put into an improvisational form and explore those ideas. I have, I have it maybe one step past that in my head, but really wanted to see what would happen once I got everyone in the room. So 
once the vaccine is widespread and we can all get into a room without worry with 14 or 15 of us, I resolve to put this show up in some form. Who knows? And uh, and uh, who knows what situation our theaters will be in by then, where it might even have to be an atypical location or something, you know, something like that, a place that's not used to hosting this kind of thing. But I resolve to put that show up in, in this coming year. Nice. Good. I like it. I look forward to, uh, to seeing it. Uh, I resolved that I will come and see your show uh, <laughs> in, in 2021. Uh, my first one, pretty, pretty basic, pretty straightforward, uh, concrete goal of, uh, I want to lose eight pounds or more in January. Okay. And I want to lose five pounds or more in February. Okay. And then I want, this is all one resolution, really. It could yep. be three. But, and then the third thing is I want to, uh, on on March 1st and every two months thereafter, I want to assess specific weight goals. Okay. All right. So I, res- I resolved to do those three things. Did so, you get, because last year you had a, 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 a fin, uh, or this year, I'm sorry, I had a pretty fantastic weight loss, weight loss uh, total or whatever. You. Yeah. Did you get to the number that you wanted, or is this still getting down to the number you were you were looking for? Or I didn't. I didn't quite. I mean, I, I hit my goals for twenty twenty. Okay. In terms of weight loss, um, I wanted to be a little bit lower at the end of the year, but but I, I, I accomplished what I wanted. Generally speaking. I didn't do great. I hurt my neck in October and didn't exercise for about six weeks because okay. uh, I, I couldn't. Um, and that, that had a negative impact. But but in any case, uh, the real I, – I got very close to the weight I, I have as like a target weight. But I feel like I can, I can get a little low at the beginning of the year to have like a little bit of a buffer to then yep. focus on some other stuff. But I feel like in the early parts of the year, I mean, I almost always like don't drink for January, and February. I try to eat well, try to exercise a lot. So it's an easy time to uh, almost like reverse hibernate, you know, like gotcha. uh, use those wear months to lose a little bit. Okay. Um, here, my second one is I also had this scheduled right as, right as Corona hit. Uh, but I want to up how many of these I do. I, I haven't taught in a long time. Um, and I had a workshop scheduled. There's a, t- a little theater over in Logan Square called Logan Square Improv. And I was going to do it there. <clears throat> and so um, both because I wanted to kind of like work at a little out of the way place, a place I don't normally go where it's the usual suspects and maybe, you know, a smaller theater that might be more benefited from that than like what was IO or whatever at the at the time. And so I want to kind of pick a few spots and forgive me. My voice has been a little weird. So if, if <clears throat> I hope it's not too distracting um, or annoying, but um, to find maybe kind of little spots, maybe a, maybe a college group visiting or a small theater like that, where I might be of use teaching wise and to really just try and be in the room while that's happening. Sometimes I've like, I think I get over-focused on what I want to get across that. I also forget to just be, of service in the room to what they need at that, at that time. And so come in with a plan, but teach like three or four times, maybe five times during the course of the year and just be in the room and, you know, and, and useful to the, to the people in that room at that time. So. Got it. So I'm writing down at least three. Yeah. Teaching. Let's say four. 
I'll, I'll do one, at least one a quarter. Right. Yeah, one, one is one. Well, I guess no, do three. Sorry, do three because we don't. I don't know okay. when I'll be able to do this. So, yep. All right. Uh, my second one is one is a thing that I just inexcusably I did a terrible job of in the last year. <laughs> Truly inexcusably, I could couldn't have had an easier year to uh, uh, do well on this, and I did terribly. And uh, that is read uh, fifteen books. Okay. Yeah. Is uh, yep. which isn't really that high of a number. Um, I, I try to do consistent uh, though. I've, you know, that's consistent. It's a book every three to four weeks, right? And there's some yeah. some big books out there and some busy weeks. So it's you know it's it's still it's something. Well, every year my goal is to read twelve, and I think I've done it almost every year except this year I read nine. And I, I mean, why, why did I trail off in, in the easiest year of all years, uh, to read books? So I, I'm taking the three that I missed by, I'm adding them to my 12. All right. 15 all right. Um, this one, I don't want to say too much about, I was told one time, I read one time that if you have a story you want to tell, write it down before you say it to anyone. Um, because the story wants to be told. And once you tell it, you will no longer feel like you need to write it. So, so, so say no more. We'll just say tell secret stories. <laughs> it's yes, it's it's a form that I usually detest, but I want to find a way to perhaps be on stage again without the anxiety that comes from it, and I may have found a way. And so we'll just say um, a show. Uh, I want to write this show. Okay. Um, my number three is, is something, um, this is going to be the hardest one for me. Okay. And that is, I want to, and I, I try to make my goal specific, but this one I'm unable to really make specific. I'm okay. just going to have to say whether I did well or not on this. And that is, I want to reduce what I call administrative procrastination. Okay. And I, I think I'm pretty good about, I have a pretty pretty um manageable level of procrastination when it comes to uh the kind of heavy substantive things work um whatever else you know uh any kind of major things i'm pretty good about that like i'm not like you know paralyzed and always behind and things like that however i am very bad about things like you have 14 days to uh, go to the Illinois website and let them and pay the toll uh, oh, okay. when you didn't yep. go through the thing. Like for some reason, rather than when I get home just doing it, I, I wait, yep. you know, as long as possible. That causes me to miss the deadline more than I should on like ministerial things. Um, you know, it just all, all sorts of stuff. Like I want to do a better job this year of somebody says, Hey, uh, you need to fill out this form and get it in. Yep. Just be like, okay, uh, I do it right now. Yep, I I hear it you. The first available minute instead of the last available time, because I have, uh, I have too many times like blown a deadline by forgetting about it later when I could have just done it yep. and, and I, I kind of justify it by being like, I have too much other stuff to do. I don't want to use the headspace to be on top of these things. And so this year, like, I, I don't know where that headspace is going to come from, but if I end up like watching less 
internet videos or, right. or whatever, <laughs> that's okay. You know, uh, but I do want to have better focus with that in that regard. I'll, I'll give you mine. That's that's a lot like that. And again, for for no good reason. Um, I. So I talked, I left a message for our friend Mike O'Brien on like December the 26th. We saw each other, we did the benefit for Second City and we saw each other while that was going on. And and it was just really lovely to see him as well as a bunch of other people and I just missed him. So I wanted to call him. I, uh, I, he was, he, I left him a message. He left me a message on the next day on the 27th. And then uh, I was like, oh, I, I want to, I'll talk to him tomorrow. So I wrote myself an email that just said, you know, subject, call, call Mike O'Brien. And I've had, I've had that like email now. I look at it every day and I don't know why I don't just call him right then, but I put it off like, well, you know, tonight, I, you know, if we talk for half an hour or like, well, I, I, I also like am, am also weird about saying to someone like, Hey, I just want to say hi. I don't want to talk for, forever, you know, like, and, and not being able to worry about being able to extricate myself from the, from the phone call. This is from people I love. So I don't know why it's a weird, you know, a weird thing for me. So I just put it off, put it off, put it off. And now it's been a week, you know, and like, it's a guy I love who's great to talk to. And for some reason, I don't just dial now, you know, say, Hey, can't talk for a long time, but I was thinking about you and I wanted to say hi and, you know, and that kind of thing. So I'm, I'm just going to, get better about that i i i do it with uh with mcbrayer too where i'm like oh i gotta call jack and that's where it ends for some reason even though i have time you know like i i just don't do it right then right there so from now on i'm just gonna do it right then right there you know and if i have to say at the beginning like you know i might have to hop off in about 10 minutes or whatever but you know what's what's happening you know kind of thing right. i'm just gonna do that that makes sense and even that thing that's like you know, writing an email to tell yourself to place a call is a little like scheduling a meeting to right. plan a meeting, right. you know, where right. you're like, well, instead of writing myself that email, maybe I just, just make that call. Right. Just right. But I, yeah, I, and, and again, I'm, there are aspects of my life that I'm very good about that. And then just kind of inexplicably, there's there's ones where I'm, I'm quite poor. So yeah. I'm going to work on that. Uh, the last one that I have, uh, so number number four and final for me is I want to learn to cook two easy, basic dishes that I will cook at least twice a month. All right. Just as I, I think I'm ultimately going to reject cooking as a, okay. as a hobby. Uh, I know most people say I'm crazy, you know, like, I mean, there's nothing that, that gets weirder looks than like when people come to my house and open the refrigerator and there's like, you know, either nothing or just like, you know, like already cut fruit. Right. You know? and, <laughs> There's uh, like 40 spindrifts or, uh, or club sodas and yeah. <laughs> and that's sushi and, and whole foods, uh, sushi container. <laughs> yeah, that's right. I mean, so, so I, 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 I do want to go ahead and, you know, if any of the, uh, the viewers have like a favorite uh, or recommendation, I'll probably spend uh, a week or two kind of assessing what I think will be uh, some things that I would like to be able to do to make on the regular that, that are healthy and tasty so that I can have a, a little bit more variety and, uh, and start working on a little cooking that I'm going to try to do. You, you might be looking right past a resource here, buddy. I, I might yeah. be able to help. I cook every day, every night. I, every night I make, I make a meal. Um, I'm going to make tonight, uh, Beth's going to do the scallops. I'm going to make a corn puree with roasted, uh, red bell pepper pureed in there with it. I, 
bake some um, some sugar cookies today with an orange uh, orange juice, freshly Ooh. squeezed orange juice glaze with orange uh, with zest in the in the glaze uh, just just this morning before we recorded. Uh, but if you give me a couple ingredients, I might be able to steer you towards towards the uh, towards a dish. And my last resolution is I was doing this before COVID started and early on during Corona is once a week I was starting with a an ingredient and then building a meal around it and cooking that meal on Friday. So I started with like peas because they were, you know, like on on my mind. So I made a, a pea puree and uh, I forget what I put on that. And then I doubled up, made a pea risotto. I made a risotto with corn with um, you puree corn. You basically get the corn water out of the corn and use that to soften the risotto rice and it infuses the flavor of corn within the risotto. Um, and then you use, you know, other pieces of corn on, on top as well. But if you, if you oh, give I, me something, I might be able to cook up a little something or maybe we could both right, try the dish. We'll do a, 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 a special episode. Yeah. We can, and fail we can both try a new dish, that same new dish on Friday and see how, see how it came out in each of our, in yeah. each of our houses. I like that you've you've got your own kind of personal Iron Chef thing going on. Where you're like, Here's the ingredient, but instead of like ninety minutes, <laughs> you've got a week. Yeah. I ate cuisine. Today's special like ingredient: lump crab. I ate cuisine. <laughs> <laughs> so there we go. All right, so we'll come back. We'll come back in a year today, oh. uh, and we'll see. How we did on those resolutions. I'll listen to that yeah. episode. If again. we're if we're both alive and still doing podcasts, you know, like uh what do you think's more likely that we're both alive or both still doing a podcast? Oh, uh, I would say that we're both still alive. I'm okay. gonna go ahead and, and take the uh <laughs> the over strong on. view that, that it's unlikely we're dead but All right. All right. Um Rush, I started with with ham for this one. So I, I hope you enjoy it. Here's the situation, Rush. You're getting your master's in English at Rational Pork University. And your Ooh. faculty advisor is Professor Kramer. Yes. Professor Kramer, for, for anyone who, who might not know, um, came up in our in our our episode Rational Pork and National Parks. Or yeah, yeah, something like that. Um and he's a bipedal, five and a half foot tall talking pig. So he, uh, you walk into class initially, you walked into class and he's just there in a, you know, like a sweater and a sweater shirt and tweed pants. Jacket. Yep. Yeah, tweed a tweed jacket. That's with, right. Uh, the, the patches on the elbows. That's right. So, um, he's back and you're going for your, for your masters and you have this next interaction with him that I will describe in parts. And then I'd like to get your reaction to some of it. Okay. Okay. So um, Professor Kramer, a bipedal, five and a half foot tall pig, fully dressed, invites you to his office for your first advisory meeting around lunchtime. Um, he says, if you don't mind, I'm going to eat while we meet. And he proceeds to first undress entirely, takes off, takes off his, his button down, his cords, his shoes, puts them, puts them off to the side. So he is now just naked pig. He steps yeah. on a little button that opens a slide that reveals a trough with kind of like a milky slop in there. And in between talking to you, he's just mowing in this in this slop. It's it's getting everywhere. You realize, okay, I guess this is why he took his shirt and pants off, because this is getting this is getting ugly. And it's in between like, so what do you want from a, you know, like a faculty student advisor relationship? Blah, 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 blah. At okay. one point, the slide that open to reveal his slop 
slams shut and caught, catches his head in there and proceeds like 30 seconds of heavy, high-pitched squealing. Real, okay. yeah, real like, <laughs> that kind of that kind of stuff. Oh, yeah. This is, this is a rough, rough yeah. first meeting. Tough, tough stuff. So he eventually gets that, that panel slid back open and, uh, and you know, and t- turns to you. I'd like to know w- which parts of this you found most disturbing. The nudity, the eating, or the squealing? Ah, uh, wow. It's really, it's all rough. I, I, overall, I am wondering why, why on earth we had to schedule it this time, you know? Uh, He's a busy, he's a busy guy. He has morning class, afternoon class. It was really just the only place he could, he could kind of squeeze you in there, you know? I feel like, you know, this is a bit of a selfish move by a professor that I I really respect. I've enjoyed his lectures for Uh for a long time on, you know, everything between Shakespeare and uh, playwrights and everything in between. Mm -hmm. But, um, I, I, yeah, oddly, I, 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 you know, I find it disturbing that he's taken the clothes off, even though if he had just been a naked pig from day one, you know, right. No issue at all with that. I hear you. Because, you know, every pig I've ever seen, I think, I mean, other than maybe a couple on TV has been without clothes. Well, I think, but also like every other pig I'm guessing you've seen is also on, on fours. If he's standing on twos and moves away from the podium. It's it's blatant pig junk right there, especially for the front right. row. So you know, like I think he does that a lot just to try and you know keep that keep the people up close. That from... belly is a little less kind of offensive as he's like dragging it along the ground <laughs> yeah. too. Then we just stands up and he's right. like patting it. It's just enormous. Oh. Um, so I'd be a little disturbed by that, but I, I'm gonna be I'm gonna be like disturbed, but also just um, I'm gonna feel a little like disrespected by the eating. During our okay. meeting, you know, I mean, he's a pig. I get it. I, I understand if, if I was like, uh, Professor Kramer, let's go grab lunch. Yeah. And he, he ate like a filthy animal. I'd be like, well, that's, that's on me. You know, that I got to know how he's going to eat. Right. But I feel like his drive, his drive for food, of course, is high being a pig and being willing to consume anything. But I, I just think it was a little rude for him to call me into his office and mm-hmm. to, uh, and to uh, to feed there. So Maybe he the thought, you know, if you're working closely over the course of, you know, semester or a couple of years, who knows how long you'll be your advisor. Maybe he just like, hey, this is going to come up. Better to get this out of the way sooner than, than than later, maybe. I don't know. I don't think I've ever had an advisor bring me in and then like eat, eat, it, eat some pizza in front of me or whatever. I, I just think it's, it's wrong. I think I've told you before on this podcast, maybe that my yeah. first Second City class. The, prof- the teacher got up there and just ate like an enormous sandwich and like half of it shot out the back when the just sat on the stage for a while. And I was like, that isn't right. You know, it's like, come on. Like, there's was the, a time for eating and a time for working and they rarely uh, kind of overlap. The that. first first class there wasn't sight gags, was it? By chance? No, no it wasn't. Okay. No. okay. It, it could have been. Um, and then the squealing, I, I, I feel a little bit, I mean, it's disturbing, yeah. but I just feel bad for Professor Kramer. I'm like, this is awful. Uh, surely they have a better system than to get his head trapped in that thing. Yeah. Um, and I'll feel like, uh, I'll feel awkward, you know, about should I help? What do I do to try to help in this situation? He's really squealing. And then I think for the remainder of our relationship, it's going to be a little hard to block out that squealing. Yeah. 
you know, because I'm going to look at him a little different for the rest of the rest of uh, our relationship. Yeah. And be like, oh man, you know, I really saw this guy in a, in when, a bad spot. When William Macy is caught at the end of Fargo, I still haven't gotten that sound out of my head because it sounds like a pig being being grabbed with with oh, pincers. Yeah. I still. Still can't unhear that. Let, let me ask you this about the nudity. If instead of it being Professor Jerome Kramer, it was Professor Janine Kramer, is the nudity more off-putting or uh, or does it have no difference at all? Uh, it's not going to have any difference. I, okay. I don't think. I, I don't, you know, I, uh, yeah, I, I mean, it's these are pigs. Okay. Let me, let me continue this, this situation. It goes a little bit, a little bit longer. Um, so uh, after lunch, Professor Kramer says, hey, I'd like to introduce you to my assistant and also the head of the department. You might run into either of them during the course of our uh, our uh, mentorship here. So um, he introduces you to Dolores, who is his assistant, who is a duck. And he also introduces you to Anna, who is the head of the department, who is a horse. Okay. Which of those seems to make more sense to you? Uh, probably the horse. Okay. <laughs> because we have talked about barnyard hierarchy before and, and that seems to make more sense that way, or is there something yeah. else about it that I don't know. I mean I've gotten used to this talking pig. Uh it's a big mammal. Um you know, not a not a smaller bird. So now another bigger mammal is also able to talk. I mean I've seen Mr. Ed. Uh mm-hmm. You know, if he brought out another pig, I'd be like, of course, here we go. I mean, I get how this works. But I I mean, I'm going to be surprised by any of them. Okay. Uh, But, uh, you know, that's my gut. Well, then um, let me ask you this last one, because this this was already in the (laughs) in the chamber before you mentioned that you'd be less put off, you know, by by the pig. He says, lastly, hey, I'd like to have you over at some point for uh for dinner um, with uh, and you can bring someone. So my spouse and I would love to would love to host you. So you imagine yourself ringing the doorbell of Professor Kramer's house at this point. And I'm going to tell you that his spouse is going to answer the door. Which of these do you find most disturbing and which of these would you find least disturbing? Cool. Yeah. His spouse yeah. answers the door and it's a human. Yeah. His spouse answers the door and it's a not pig, another barnyard animal but doesn't talk or anything. It's just a barnyard animal. Okay. A, um, it, the door is answered by another pig, but it's not a talking pig. It's just a regular pig. Yeah. Or another talking, uh, standing pig. Okay. So I knew before, before you gave me the choices, I, I thought, and I will confirm, I am most disturbed by another pig that is not, a talking. I was too. I, uh, it seems very wrong to me. Like, right now, like what is going on? Oh boy, I yeah. Mean, Professor Kramer, like, oh. I mean, basically, he got bit by like some radioactive spider or whatever, and like, yeah. developed these things. And he was like, "Hey, I was already married to this pig. You know, that's how it goes." But it just feels like the power dynamic oh. is really bad. It feels like so much advantage is being taken of that of that other pig for me. I, I don't. Yeah, that, I don't know. Yeah, yeah, that one really puts me off. Really puts. So me second off. most for the same reasons is a different barnyard animal that also is not like sentient or whatever. Yeah. And then uh, human would be more disturbing to me than um, just like a, another Professor yeah. Kramer. Okay. Like a, 
a lady Professor Kramer or, or, you know, another male Professor Kramer, uh, yep. you know, all, all of those would be, that would seem the most normal to me just to have another, uh, like talking pig. Yep. Okay. That's great. That's, uh, that's all I had. That's all I had for, for Although that. like, I'd be a little weirded out if it was like a talking pig who was like really conservative, you know, cause like that doesn't seem like a good match. You know, he's a liberal professor, right. Likely, right? He's an English teacher. If he's got like a hard line, like uh, you know, real right, Second Amendment conservative talking pig, that's going to be a bit odd to me. And it's probably going to lead to you know some uh, some some of those like knife drops, you know, on the plate during the dinner. If know? pigs, if pigs had a political lean, just in general across the board, do you think do you think left or right? Well, I'm so influenced by <laughs> Professor Kramer. Okay. That, gotcha. that I, I, That's I gotta the... think left. <laughs> I gotta think left. But you know, I mean there's a lot of I mean they, they probably don't love farmers, but maybe yeah, they do. That's, but, uh, yeah, you know, get slaughtered by them a lot. So I would think that they're they're probably gonna be a little bit on the on the left leaning side. They are gonna support vegetarians, I think, largely. Yeah. Vegetarians That's probably true. skew left. left yeah. leaning. <laughs> All right. I enjoyed, you know, I'm always happy to uh, to see Professor Kramer. I'm going to block out that. Can we just say own, <laughs> that lunch never happened? Did that lunch never happen going forward? Can we just say that like that, that uh, never actually occurred? I don't know. I don't know. We'll have to see. We'll have to see when when it's logical that Kramer makes another appearance. We'll have to see if building off that lunch is useful or, Can we say or not. That at the very least, there's two different operable universes where yes. in one I didn't have the lunch and one I did, and we can call it Kramer versus Kramer. We get, and then <laughs> I can decide which. God, which, I hope I hope that never happens. <clears throat> How about like if they do get a divorce and the uh, that the piggy's married to is a non non talking just regular like how do you even defend that pig like what's that well, pig? you're gonna have like lawyer. a hard line oh. you know you're gonna have like a hard line lawyer oh right who's <laughs> just and that that non-talking pig just got smoked in the prenup you know like that was oh was not nuts. necessarily man really? a lot of times the, the biggest danger is when you have the, the lawyer who who becomes the client themselves who has a client they can just push around <laughs> ah. because then they're just all about like you, you know, uh, you're basically dealing with them on the other side. Okay. So, all right. Could be dangerous. Could be dangerous. Um, all right. So we are in Ad, Ham, and Eve. Yes. Um, so I'm going to do one and you'll see what this ties to. Okay. Uh, so TJ, here's the situation. Yes. You are approached by the henchman to the eccentric billionaire. Oh. And the henchman says, TJ, it's the end of 2020. The eccentric billionaire uh, feels a little bit um, of remorse for uh, the fact that he believes that you believe that you've been treated badly by him. He overheard you talking right. on a podcast where you said you didn't like how the eccentric billionaire has treated you. I don't and buy so it. As a, I don't buy it. I don't buy it. Gesture, he doesn't feel remorse. He doesn't feel remorse at all. This, this is no. No, this he is either says, a look, more diabolical setup or the henchman is really gilding the lily or something here, but he, he does not feel. But he says, you know, and so as a token to kind of make up for that a bit, the eccentric billionaire, because, you know, it's he's got so much money. This is no problem for him. He is going to uh, construct and uh, and pay for in full a dream home for you and Beth. Uh, he'll buy whatever property you want. He puts the house on however you want it. Just full and with so trap doors with spiked pits in it? Nope. 
no, it's, mm. uh, it's, it's just what you want. And so you kind of, you don't really believe it. You say, fine, whatever, build it. You know, I, I'll believe it when I see it. And so then a, a year later, uh, he comes back to you and he's like, you said, you believe it when you see it, here you go. And he takes you to the home. And sure enough, this is like your dream home. Beth immediately loves it. It's got everything that she described that she wanted. It's got everything that you described that you wanted. It's spacious enough, but it also feels cozy. It's got like, it's got like a perfect kitchen for you. It's mm. got a bakery set up. It's got stuff out in the backyard. We have a perfect kind of exercise set up. It's got um, a little watch, a uh, little watch uh, repair studio that you can use. It's got an office for you, an office for her, but it all feels like it fits together very nicely. It is uh, exactly what you would want in a home. You can't, you, you really can find no fault. With it. I, okay. I also requested that the home cost at 900 and $99 billion. So, so this eccentric guy is no longer, uh, no longer a billionaire. I can tell you that. Oh, no. Yeah. Well, he's, he had previously become an eccentric trillionaire. Nah, yeah, you can't. No, no, no. He's he's doing just fine. Gosh, damn it. Damn it. Ah, it's like the home, the home is everything, (laughs) everything you could want. Okay. It's, it's it's basically perfect. There is one thing, which is, um, as the henchman is showing you around, he shows you everything in the house and he says, look, all of this is rent free. You own it. Um, you own the land. Nobody's got any easements. Don't worry about any of that stuff. You can leave at any time. You can't sell it. You know, we're not going to just give okay. you the 999 billion. You can't sell it, but you can leave at any time. You have title. We promise we'll never, uh, you know, strip that away from you. There is one thing, which is, just there's one small door in in a hallway and you can never ever 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 open that door okay for any reason you are forbidden entirely from opening that door everything else is is absolutely perfect um beth loves the house you love the house me nor anyone else I'm sorry. Is it that that door can never be opened or just me? Is it me nor anyone else can ever open that door? You and you and Beth are never to open that door nor instruct anyone else to ever okay. open that door. That door should not be open. You're forbidden from opening it and seeing what's inside. Okay. Are you willing to uh to to move into that house? I think I could do that. I think I could not open one door. Yeah. 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 Uh, do you think Beth would be willing to move into that house? I think it would be a challenge, but yes, I absolutely think for for everything else that would come with it, yeah, we can pass up one door. Okay. So I'll make a, a maybe a series of modifications. Okay. Um, everything's the same except... The henchman says, um, you can never open that one door and especially you, you can never have a policeman into your house. Mm-hmm. You can never have a, a detective into your house. We just request that you don't do that and, and you're forbidden from opening that door. Does that change uh, your view as to whether you're willing to take the house? Yep. Okay. Yeah. What? So strike that. Fair enough. You're, you're worried about that. So now, now he says, um, okay, you can't open that door and I'll tell you why. 
okay. can't open that door. Uh, in that, uh, if you open that door, there is a wormhole within there that okay. allows for time travel. The eccentric billionaire uh, achieved a lot of his success by being able to uh, travel in time and take advantage. He's gone back in time and invented a bunch of things okay. and made tons of money off of that. You, however, are uh, absolutely um, not allowed to uh, yeah, to ever use that wormhole or ever open the door, but it has to stay open, um, or it ha- you know it has to be available to be opened, uh, or else it, it wouldn't work. So uh, you can't do it. Are you willing to do that with that condition? Yeah, I think that's fine. Although it does like the fact that it's got to remain accessible is goes. It goes against the first thing that I would want to do and was planning on doing, which was just wall off the whole wall off the thing, you know, like, yeah, yeah. absolutely cannot wall it off. Uh, it's got to remain accessible. Okay. Um, yes, I can wormhole future. Yes. Yeah. If it takes it out of the realm of like murdered bodies and shit in there, then I'm okay with that. Yeah. Yep. All right. He says, great. Uh, there is one other thing, which is, um, the eccentric billionaire is going to uh, come out of that door every Wednesday night at about 7 p.m. And he may be carrying any number of different things that he's taken from some other time in the future or in the past. And he's going to be in your house. No, no more than two or three minutes as he just gathers his uh, composure and gets out of there after his time travel. But he will be in your house for about, Two to three minutes every single Wednesday night at seven PM. Is that okay? Do you want the house? Um, yeah, I think I still do because I'm also like, well, if he's doing something shitty, he's also he's been doing this for forever and ever. He didn't build the house like and then get the ability to to do this. So if if he has been doing you know whatever stuff for personal gain or or you know or whatever, he's been doing that for a long time. And if this house is as I imagine, which it is, then I have I can be nowhere near that hallway or wherever that door is for three or four minutes on a Wednesday night. Yeah. Yeah. Now he says uh, back to the first scenario. So you can't you can't the, the door must remain accessible. OK. But you don't know what's in there. But okay. you, he says, I promise you there's nothing illegal. There's nothing unethical okay. behind that door. I like the sound but of this. If you open that door, yeah. it's not just that you're forbidden from opening that door. If you open that door, you will die instantly. Okay. That is true of anyone that opens that door. Okay. Do you take the house? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I assumed it was going to be at least that anyway, if not worse than that. So I was I was under that impression. Um, and then if we have anyone over, I mean, this is going to be a big ass groovy house. If we have 15 people over there, we can still come up with absolutely no reason why anyone would need to go anywhere near that near that door. Um, so, yeah, I would still. And if it was someone I could be honest with and trust, then I would tell them like, hey, this is what this is. You'll die. You'll, you'll straight up die. Like then, you know, then I'll tell him that too. So, yeah. Yeah. Cause people are going to wonder like, Grandi's going to be like, how the hell did you get this house? This house sure. had run like, this house looks like it ran almost a trillion dollars, you know? <laughs> right. like, well, here's the deal, you know? And, and the trade off was this door. So don't go in there. Please don't go in there. <laughs> yeah. 
do you think you have any friends that would be just like they would have to open the door? Yeah. Uh, like Sinclair would probably come closest to be like, get, get yeah. the fuck out of here. What's in there? Uh, you know, like you got some, you got candy in here. Like, oh, come he on. He might man. open that door. <laughs> he might. He'd be like, you got this trillion dollar house. I want to see what's behind the door. Uh, yeah. And last question. Can you think of any specific thing that does, that is not uh, part of the commission of a crime? So not dead bodies. Hmm. Um, and that is not like, you know, supernatural. So it's not a ghost. It's not a monster. Um, can you think of anything that that would be behind that door? Where if he describes it, he says, "Look, you get the whole house, but you can't open this door." And here's why: Is there anything that comes to mind that would that would keep you from going into the, the house? I don't. I can't come up with anything offhand. If it's if it's if he was like, "Here's why," and I still want access to it then I think I could probably come up with something, you know, like that. But if it was just like, here's why, and the door must remain shut, then I think I'd be okay with it. I think I could, I don't think I would, because I I get, I get the guard, you know, like it's the garden of Eden. Could I avoid the one tree? I think I could. I don't think it's that attractive. um, So attractive that I would give up all, I would give up the garden. And would that hold true if he said, Great house. Here it is. It's you see it. You see all of it. And he says, I got to tell you, there's one last, and I have to describe this. I apologize, but there's one last room. That's the best room in the house. Yeah. It is fantastic. In everybody's opinion, it's, it's better than all the other rooms combined. I mean, it is just, it's the greatest single room that's ever been in any single house, but that room is eccentric billionaire property only. You'll no. never see him. He'll. You'll never see him come in or out of it. But you cannot go in. You are forbidden from going into that room. Uh, is it just? Is it just the same as if he told you you can't go in that door? Or now are you too tempted by the fact that there is this incredible room just on the other side that you're unwilling to own the house? It's definitely more tempting. But in a house where I could like come up with everything that I could imagine, then yeah. literally this is like unimaginable to me. And and that. That I think right now, the way I'm perceiving it, that doesn't necessarily make it more attractive. It makes it to the point of like, I can't even think of what the hell would be in there. So like, I yeah. must not need it or like, or even like have a concept of it because I can't, I put everything in this house, everything that I could imagine that I could want. You start to lose your mind, I think. I mean, it's a good Twilight Zone, right? It's like, it's like, it's a good Twilight Zone where the guy, you know, he's got everything he wants and then he just starts wondering. You know, what might be in there? What might right. be in there until it drives him mad? Yeah, I mean, it's like a drug addiction, right? Like, hey, this was great, but I hear there's one thing that's better than this, you know, like that I'd be chasing that. But, I mean, it could take me so long. It could take me years and years and years just to get through all the rooms in this place. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I think I could do it. I think I have I have given up some things in my life forever now. So I, I am acquainted with the That's idea true. of being able to resist certain temptations. So I think I might be able, I think I might be able to do it. I like that point. That's an interesting addendum to it, right? Cause like I'm always giving up alcohol for like 90 days or 30 days or something, but I always, I think there's, I'm not sure there's anything I've ever said, like I'm never doing that again. Even like a, a like something like, 
you know, eating a meat lover skillet. I'll oh, be like, yeah. Eh, maybe, maybe, yep. maybe next year I'll have one or whatever. And I think the idea of completely closing the door to something yeah. is, is scary to me. And this is the ultimate closure. It, door, right? Right. <laughs> it's a literal closed door that's blocking me from being able to do it. You were able to somehow, somehow read through that metaphor that indeed that subject, that, that was about uh, Adam and Eve. It was, yeah. I mean, like before I quit drinking, I couldn't, I couldn't imagine. I couldn't imagine saying like, I'm never going to have root beer again. I don't know the last time I've had root beer. I may not have root beer for another 30 years. But the the idea of like never can I have root beer that's unfathomable. Like why right. would I do that? But it once it's once it becomes a necessity, then the idea becomes much more tangible. And also, uh, for anyone who's ever been through it, you never think it. You never think of forever. You think of t- today. You think of the next hour. You think of the next day. But you never right. think of you know fifteen years down the road. That seems nuts. But I could probably go until. 3.30 today without without opening that door, yeah. you know? Like, hey, but there are a lot of people that, that <laughs> ultimately decide to open the death door I hear, right. uh, in, yeah. their, in their dream home. Yeah, I mean, there's enough people have done it that they call it the death door, you know? So we, we know what happens. So enough people have tried it so that we, we have a name oh, for it now. you know, I didn't even think of this, but what if he said to you, what if he did say to you, um, the last thing I'll say is uh, we've done this for 100 people in the past, and 87 of them have opened the death door and died. Yeah. So I just want to tell you that we, it's really frustrating for us because we tell you don't open the death door. Yep. We think that you wouldn't want to, but 87 people have done it. Would that change? I don't think so. I don't think uh, like, yeah, if it was like, hey, randomly, this door is blown open 87 out of 100 times. Like, oh, no. No, that'd be, yeah, no, but if he's like 87 people have made that choice, I'd be like, I'm I'm one of the 13, man. I'm, All I'm, right. Good. <laughs> All right, Rush. Also off of Eve, here's here's one here's one for you. I would like us to uh, well. Here's the situation. Let's construct the ideal situation, sticking to only achievable ends that would make you most comfortable being absolutely naked around ten clothed people for like three, four, five hours. And Oof. just to start us thinking about it, I wrote down some some things that I you know we might have to make decisions on. So um, like. If it's a type of thing where you'd like to get your body in a certain physical shape, how long down the road would you like to do this? A year in the future, two years in the future, three months in the future? Would the people, would you know them? Would you be more comfortable around strangers? Would it be all dude buddies of yours? Because maybe they'd be like less, you know, less uh, intimidating to be around. And what would the setting kind of be? It has to be a lit, sorry, it has to be a lit setting. So we can't be in a pitch black room, but would it be kind of a dim cocktail party sort of thing where like you have 10 people over your house or would it be more of like, well, if we're in an island somewhere, then the motif is more that like nudity here wouldn't be as like weird as having 10 people over my house and opening the door naked to them coming in. So just stuff like that. But I'd like them to be all actual situations that you could actually set up or do that make you the most, most comfortable. Being the one that comes to mind, I guess would be strangers. Cause I got to go three to five hours. I think you said yes, four to five hours, something like that. So I think it would be like strangers where I am uh, a nude model for a art class. Okay. Are, would you, 
Would you prefer them to be aware of your discomfort as a nude model? Or would you rather them know nothing, like no words exchanged, you just walk in, drop a robe and sit there for, you know, four hours? I would just want to do like the regular, just be like, hey, this is this is the one for, for this week. Okay. You know, where, where they're coming in. And, you know, obviously then, then you've got, whatever some art class uh renditions of your naked body uh floating around um for for posterity but i mean first it's an art class so like none of these are ever gonna matter but i i I, so maybe now i'll try to construct another scenario because that one's fairly let me let me ask this if you were going to do that would you maybe like and you know it, you know, you got to do this in the, at some point in the future. Would you like, Hey, you know what? Let's get it over with. I'll do it tomorrow. Or would you like, Hey, you know what? I want to kind of, I'm going to drop these, this January weight, the February weight just for my own comfort. So let's do this in four or five months. Or would you just like, eh, let's just get it off my plate now. Yeah, I'm in pretty good shape now. I, I would, I'd rather just get it done. Okay. You know, I don't want to, I don't want to sit around and wait and think about it. I mean, obviously like, I wouldn't be like excited to do it. I think if you paid me a bunch of money to be a nude model, I'd be like, all right. I mean, I wouldn't be like that worried about it. Yeah. Um, I do think like most other settings though would be really weird. I mean, like hanging around, I always think it's odd the guy, you know, and I haven't hit this point yet. I mean, it's an old joke, (laughs) but it's true that you go like in these gym locker rooms oh, like, yeah. the older the guys get the more they're just like they don't give a shit yeah. you know they're just like sitting there blow drying uh their hair yeah. totally naked for 5 minutes in front of a mirror you know uh, uh, that's that's always been odd to it, me we cuz we think of like the older person who doesn't give a shit as more being the one at the dinner table who will say whatever they want but that probably also extends like I don't give a shit how I look or like right. or, <laughs> They certainly don't, but, but, but the weird one is like the vain ones, you know, cause yeah. like, again, they're, they're the, the blow drying of the hair is always a kind of a vain move, right? It yeah. takes a long time to blow dry your hair and you're only doing it so that your hair looks better, right? Than it would, than it would look with the wet dry, uh, with the towel dry, you know? So, so you got that guy, but he's, he's like, you know, it's some 70 plus year old. It's not a beautiful thing. Like the no. male form to begin with no. and you know it's 70 something like it's not nobody wants to see that so it's hard for me to come up with you know too many other other spots i did i, I did i maybe said this on the podcast i don't remember <laughs> but i was at my grandmother's uh house i had my birthday there when i was a kid and i forgot my bathing suit and my grandmother was like just you got to swim in your underwear <laughs> and i was like what no this is terrible and she's like, "Yeah, oh, what are you worried about? Just go swim in the underwear." I, and I like still remember that as being because you had to swim. You were compelled to swim. Yeah, no, I, I didn't. Not swimming know. was not an option, right? So, so I remember being like, "This is this is uncomfortable." So, yeah, if I'm not allowed to pick art class, then I think I'd have to really do some hoops a little bit to think about exactly what it would be. But it would be strangers before like friends. Okay. Um, with, with the situation explained to them, if, if let's say it had to be some non-academic setting, um, that, you know, like, uh, whatever, let's say it's a cocktail party just for the sake of this. Would you want those strangers to know, like, this is a challenge for him. 
that you know he's like got to spend this time and so they're aware or would they would you rather them not be i i don't care okay they're, they're strangers <laughs> you know so i mean the whole thing is like it's gonna be like a thing that that i hope i hope to never have come up again right i hope i don't have a thing 12 years later where they're like wait it, i think i know you right <laughs> you were the guy that came to our holiday party and you were totally naked and you never said a word about it and it was very inappropriate and you did it for four hours what what is at the heart of is it is is the discomfort and i'll, I'll ask you this because I'll, I'll answer for myself and then ask you this the the dis the only discomfort or i think like at least the heart of the discomfort for me is my lack of you know is is vanity right it is that like i it, i i think if i thought i looked great naked i would probably look for more opportunities i maybe i i don't think i'd be the guy or maybe i would maybe i'd be the guy who blow blue dry my hair you know nude because i thought i looked good and was doing everybody a big damn favor by by being naked in front of them is it sheer vanity that rests at the heart of discomfort you have being naked in front of people no i don't think so i i mean i'm sure that's part of it but i I think it's it's just uh it's like a weird you know but it's a deeply ingrained societal taboo right it's like i think that's just the case and they always say oh europeans are more comfortable with the naked form and the nude beaches and everything else, it's more okay. But I just feel like we American kids are told from a very, very early time, like it's inappropriate to be naked. So it's more of like a, is that because cool pilgrims came here? Is that really because like Puritans first landed here when Europeans came over or. I don't know. Yeah. I mean, I, I just think it's a deeply ingrained societal issue i mean it, it's it's crazy that you can show a horror movie oh yeah or yeah like significant gunplay bombs yeah people like dismember men. coming out yeah. and still mm-hmm. get like a pg-13 rating yeah you can swear left and right you can say basically anything and get a pg-13 rating but like you put a you put a uh, breast in there full frontal nudity and you got an x rating <laughs> yeah, right. you know and and you you show a topless woman for a minute you got an you got a hard r yeah on that yeah. right i mean that's crazy yeah but that that i think in a culture where that is the case you, you can't really deny that we have a um you know kind of a deep-seated whatever you want to call it puritanical or or whatever else uh you know, stigma against, uh, nudity. And I mean, that's just, uh, that's, that's just how it is. And so it's a combination of many things for me. It's like, I, I've always been for better or worse, like a rule follower. Right. And so I, I would have a level of anxiety and stress about not following the rules and, and acting inappropriately. I would have stress around, um, standing out is so different from everybody else. Yeah. I'm not like, I'm not, uh, totally, you know, a follower at all, but I also wouldn't view myself as an exhibitionist. And so 
there's part of that too, where I just feel uncomfortable. I'm like, everybody else isn't naked and I am, you know, like we had this thing that I'm sure a lot of schools have something similar. They can't, they, they stopped it. A oh, years naked day. I left. Naked was day. That? They had naked yeah, day called, at your school. Called, the nude Olympics. It was called at Princeton where on the first oh, for real? year, all the sophomores went to one quad and ran around naked. <laughs> I thought you were initially. I thought you were talking about like your grammar school. So I was just joking that you had like naked day, but you were actually there is such a thing. There, there is nude nude Olympics. That, that yeah, that, yeah. Oh, okay. At Princeton, they had it. Um, <laughs> you, you know. Uh, so anyway, it's just like a. It's an odd thing, and then and then for me, like. Um, we didn't have much of this, but like, you know, you see in movies and stuff with uh, fraternities that'll have like weird, or not weird, but just yeah. nude hazing. And I always, I always would have yeah. been like pretty uncomfortable with that. So I, I think it's just like kind of built into me uh, more than it is like a vanity thing of like, Oh, I, you know, I look bad. Uh, I'm, I'm not worried about worried about that. I think, um, you know, I mean, I'm, I'm fine. I wish I had more of that, man. Give me some of that. Uh, give me some of that, and I'll teach you how to make like a couple of chicken dishes. That's that sounds good. I do want to. I, I think a chicken dish. You got to. Is like you got to have one chicken dish in there. I, I think you right have down to. the center. Yeah, either a chicken dish or a fish dish, and then yeah. if there's like a way to do kind of a healthy but tasty pasta, that's that would be like a holy grail type thing. There is. I mean, if you're if you're willing, there's a lot of different base materials they're using for pasta now too. It depends on, you know, how, you know, how much you, you can have a pasta, like basically a green pasta that's, you know, built up from spinach and kale parts. There's also like some brown, brown kind of like whole wheat pasta that's better for you as well. Um, but yeah, I mean, there's, you know, it's a lot of carbs, but it, it all depends on how you dress it too. You can dress it with, you know, some primavera vegetables and stuff like that. We can, we can work, we can work this, we can do it. <laughs> All right. Well, well, we'll have to come back to that offline. <laughs> uh, so my next situation for you, uh, let's see, we're still Ed, Ham, and Eve. Yes. Okay, TJ, uh, here's the situation. Yes. I want to know when the pandemic ends, you have a vaccine, you're able to return to normal. Thank you. I want a uh, an updated, like a bucket list Maybe bucket list is the wrong term, but just a post-pandemic hit list of some things that you really want to do uh, yeah. in, in, say, the first month okay. that uh, that you're that you're back that you're back to normal. The the reason I thought of this it was actually kind of a goofy way I got to this, but uh, ham made me think of Iberican ham as it usually does. Sure, and San Sebastian in particular, which remains the two things I really want to do travel wise. Well, three. One is I want to go to Australia and New Zealand, preferably preferably during the Australian Open. Two, I want to go to a World Cup in a foreign country. And three, I want to go to San Sebastian for a just indulgent weekend of eating and drinking. Wow. And so I was like, you know, I think I might do that last one uh, as soon as Spain and uh, and the U.S. are both clear from pandemic. Because, like, why not? Just go do it. but then I was like, you know what? Really, most of the stuff I want to do is like simpler little stuff. Yeah. And so I'm curious, you know, what's your what's your list of a few things you're going to do the first month you can once the pandemic is lifted? Most of my stuff is pretty simple. Um, 
And and I think uh, you know pretty pretty typical what's on other people's minds. Um, my friend Lisa would run by the house here every once in a while, and it was you know every time. Lisa and I went to college together. Every time I've ever seen Lisa, my whole life except for the last eight months, I've given Lisa a hug when I've when I've seen her. So it'll be it'll be a lot of that. It'll be like abandon with abandon, just hugging my my friends my friends again. Uh, uh, being in a friend's house, you know, like go over to the Grandis and just be in there, be in their living room or be in their, you know, like yard with other people around and not panic about distance. Um, the Beth and I don't do a ton of traveling, but what we do with regularity is just drive like two to four hours away and just stay somewhere. We'll just find, you know, like a night or two in Wisconsin or nearby Michigan or downstate or whatever. Um, Oh, that would, I would love to go. I, I planned a whole little trip for us. I think I might have mentioned this before around like three little state fair, like like little town fairs and carnivals. It was like literally a broom corn fest and stuff like that. Um, broom corn is like the corn that they, they make husks into brooms. So um, it would be like anything like that. Any small town carnival, county fair, anything like that. I, as soon as the weather gets warm and those would start up again, I would like that. Um, I'm guessing a lot of people would go movie theaters. I actually have kind of fallen out of seeing like movies in theaters. So that's not, that's not big for me. I don't hit a lot of restaurants, but I would like to take my wife out to a restaurant because she really, she really enjoys it. So it'd be, it would be simple and small stuff like that, whether it was in the first month or not, um, to go see my folks back in Massachusetts, get on a plane and not be, and not be sweating it. Um, so Probably, probably little things, little things like that, or, or just go to the grocery store and not think of everybody. Like I have an inner monologue in the grocery store that is, goes a lot like, get the fuck away from me. Like, what are you trying to do? Kill me? Why do you have to be this close? Like go shop for, wait, wait to shop for your acorn squash. Like, do you really need strawberries this bad that you have to be this close to me right now? Like this is a one way aisle, shit like that. And I would stop. I really would look forward to going to the grocery store without swearing at everybody in my, in my head. Um, so stuff like that. Yeah, no, all makes sense. I, I really look forward to like a six or eight person restaurant dinner. Yeah, right. Um, you know, probably, probably a casino at some point. You know, like we we we've been there before and had dinner together. You know, something yeah. something like that. You know, um, I I we haven't been in hell. I don't know since probably March. It'll be a long time since you know until we it'll be over a year until we go again so yeah uh, i'm excited for that too i mean casinos are one of the ones where it's just like like i'm willing to go eat you know this summer outside at a restaurant but like a casino just seems like it's just a bridge it's a bridge too far you're indoors it's for you know for gambling purposes like right i I, i'll gamble on a lot of stuff that like Corona, I don't want to. That's 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 a, a bet. I'm not willing to flip <laughs> flip a right. coin. And there's just so much shared material there. Like you're sharing dice, sharing chips, sharing cards, sharing like everything is being like yeah. passed between you know multiple people. And yeah. All right, Rush. Here, this one's off of ads with one with one D. And um, I think you you've done you might have did something uh, with me like this before that I kind of like, so uh, I'm going to return, I'm going to return serve on this with just a little, a little wrinkle. Um, Rush, I'm going to give you two taglines for a product that, uh, will is unnamed. And these are not real taglines. These are invented taglines of a product. One is from the 1970s and one is from today. All I want you to do is tell me what the product is 
And if you want to, why they adjusted their tagline from the 1970s to, to a more modern one today, if, if something Great. strikes you. Otherwise, we're just looking for the product. Cool? Got it. All right. The tagline for the first product from the 1970s was Drop Dead Gorgeous. The tagline today is The Boardroom Isn't the Boys' Room. I think it's it's for like uh, pantyhose. Okay, yeah, um, like a leggings type thing. Uh, but but they have uh, yeah, so they they focused more on uh, business wear, um, you know, over over that period of time. Great. Uh, next product, nineteen seventies uh, uh, tagline: firmly grounded in tradition. Today, live a life of conspicuous distinction. Oh, oh man! Uh, <laughs> I think I think this is for a cigarette company. Okay, nice. and so like in, in the and this is a, a cigarette company that went bold still in the nineties. So in the seventies, okay. it was just like everybody can smoke, and so it's just this highfalutin uh, statement. But in the nineties, it's like you this is conspicuous. <laughs> you're, you're sticking you're, out. You're, you're gonna still smoke. <laughs> you're still gonna like and like maybe it's like. A uh, cigarette holder, okay. you know, like a gold cigarette holder, like nobody's using it anymore. Hey, like, I mean, back stand back in the seventies, you know, everyone like even Batman villains, like the Penguin, had a nice set, uh, you know, cigarette filter. Yeah. Going. Nowadays, <laughs> all right, yeah, they're they're now appealing. They want people. They're like you, you, you're the ones that swim upstream, right? Guys. You like, want yeah, we want you to basically be saying an unspoken f you to everybody when you use our products. Yeah. <laughs> in the, that, in the, yeah, in the late 90s when they were really running out of business, they just changed their tagline to, we'll say it, fuck you. All right. Third product, uh, 70s tagline, we dig deeper. Today, if you want safe, go with the other guys. Oh, no. Yeah. What a terrible product. Yeah. Uh, I, I was thinking, like, it might be like a... Like an oil refinery, but that—that's not going <laughs> to no, go. Right. That's not going to fly on the 90s. Well, you know, it could be a fashion thing. Like, hey, if you want safe, go with the other guys. You know, like maybe, maybe yeah. it's something like that. You know, or, I don't know. I, hey, I don't we, know. I don't know the products. Well, I just know the taglines. Yeah, we dig deeper. Um, you want safe? Go with the other guys. Uh, how about it's like. It's underground valuables protection that okay. doesn't use safes. <laughs> so it's they they dig these they dig these holes in the ground in which they place just, your just bury coffee cans. It's a coffee can filled with with money service. <laughs> yeah. It's not a great idea. You should go with the other guys. I mean, we dig deeper. Maybe maybe it's like. Um, I mean, again, you just, even if it was like Ferrari or something, you're never going to, it's very few products that you want to, that you want to disclaim safety, you know? And, and, and those that are, I can't, it's hard for me to think of like, I don't know, fireworks or something, but mm -hmm. you're not going to dig deeper for fireworks. You want safe, go with the other guys. Um, so yeah, like maybe it's like you said, it's it's something that's flamboyant. What about some high risk investments? Some high high risk, high yield, you know, like yeah, hey, maybe something maybe like that. Yeah, maybe maybe it's a company that that specializes in uh, like distressed debt or junk bonds or something like that. So they're 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 a Charles Schwab. They're probably they're like 
Dave Schwab. He's Charles's he's Charles's wrist tolerant brother. Instead of Crazy Kaplan's fireworks, which we have, you know, over it's Crazy Kaplan's investments. (laughs) Three for one. That um, works. That's a good one because they do dig deeper. They have to look at everything. Oh yeah, figure out which of these penny stocks are going to hit. You should see the and stuff they're investing in. We dug this one out way deep. Yeah, you're either going to double your money or lose it. That's yeah. how it works when you invest with Dave Schwab. All right. Well, here this sounds like a much safer product. This next one, the first, the first uh, '70s tagline was "Get lost in the light," but the next, the 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 2020 tagline is the infinity symbol, days without an accident. Okay. Um, I was stuck a little bit on like sunglasses, which I can't justify <laughs> because like you, you move through the sunlight, but then also like you can see better. So you don't like, you don't have your trip and fall, but that, that's no good. So uh, what is it? It's get, get lost, lost in, the, in light. the light. Yep. Get lost in the light. And then infinity symbol days without an accident. Um, I think it's going to be uh, a skydiving. Uh, Ooh, very cool. Uh, like a, an experience, like an adventure experience uh, organization. And it used to be getting lost in the light. You're way up in the clouds sure. diving through. And- I like this. All right, last one. Uh, you mama said you want to some. All right. Uh, like W-A-N-N-A. You mama said you want to some. And then... 2020, your mother said you wanted some. Um, I don't know, like Seth MacFarlane's <laughs> uh, like book vault. <laughs> hey, you good. can no longer do kind of like, <laughs> you know, although he wouldn't have learned that by the 90s. Yeah. So... Uh, yeah, I don't know. <laughs> it's probably like, it, it's like the rice aroni, but, but it's for yeah. Chinese, it's for some Chinese food. Okay. You know, um, that they're just like, oh man, like we're really, we're under, we're under fire. And and by the two thousands, they've had to abandon, you know, they can't just anglicize the, uh, the, the statement and they have to come up with something new. Okay. Sure. Sounds good. Sure. Um, TJ, here's the situation, and I just want to go really quickly. Okay. um, On this one, Uh, it's it's just it's a it's a kind of a simple question, but you you are brought on a panel because of your experience in uh, in participating in a uh, famous ad campaign. Okay. Your Sonic campaign, one of the longest running ad campaigns, probably of all time. And they say, hey, you know, we're doing an interesting thing. We're pulling different people from different walks of life. And we're asking them, what is the single ad campaign that has had the most influence on them as a consumer in Mm. their entire life? Okay. And uh, you can't say you can't say um, Sonic because this is on you as a consumer, not on you as a a person. But uh, just curious. Cause I, I was like thinking about this and I was like, I, I, I don't really know. Cause I think a lot of times where the advertising gets me is I don't know that it got me. Yeah. You know? right, right, um, right. Right. But I, then I was like, you know, I think like the overall Gatorade history was, was 
was critical for me because I remember seeing kind of Gatorade first on a commercial and being like, what is that? looks delicious. And then like always feeling like, um, I would watch like a Gatorade commercial and I would like go to my refrigerator and get a Gatorade. I mean, it was just very, I'm very receptive to, uh, to that, but, but anyway, I don't know. And they had good ads. Yeah, man. I, you know, I like to think, I'm not that susceptible. I, I, oddly enough, like I'll see a commercial 15 different times and I'll, and I'll be like, wow, that kid puts that glass in a weird spot. I wonder why he holds the glass that way. And, and I'll, I won't know what the hell the damn thing was for. I wouldn't be able right. to tell you whether it was for an insurance or like an edible thing or like toilet paper. Like Beth, you know, like I say to Beth all the time, like, what was that commercial for, by the way? Like I'll be singing the song or like, or, or there's a commercial that I don't know what it's for, but this person has a dumpling sliding across the table and everyone's like, it's in slow motion and everyone goes, no, no, no. And then the dog just goes, yes, and eats the dumpling. <laughs> I'm not sure what it's for. Um, maybe it's for, uh, yeah, yeah. I don't know if it's for like frozen frozen dumplings or, or what, but um, so I'd like to think I'm not that susceptible to it, but I know at some point I must have seen something in the commercial and been like, you know what, I guess I will... I guess I would like to try that or it would have to be like a new product or a new version of something maybe that I already like that is like, oh, I didn't know they I didn't know they were doing that with that cereal yet. If like if Honey Bunches of Oats came out and said like, hey, we have one with blueberries and lemon flavor. I'd be like, oh, I'm, I'm going to go try that because um, right. also like I was a fan. I would say like probably the campaign I've been most a fan of for the longest time is probably ESPN's campaign but i already liked that channel you know like yeah, it, it wasn't just getting you to watch any more espn no i was already in that's how i saw the commercials i was watching espn all the all the time um so i think it would have to have been like a yeah like a twist on something that i already like or an innovation of a product um but like probably my favorite commercial was that greg maddox tom blavin like, uh-huh uh, you know, montage chicks dig the long ball. Right, loving that as a kid, but like I didn't buy any Nike baseball equipment. That's what it was uh, for. Nike baseball. It wasn't for the Braves specifically or whatever. It was for Nike baseball. It was for or... Nike. Okay, so I'm sure it was for you know any and all of their products. But I, I, you know, again, I was probably either already sold on Nike or or on something else. I mean, the Reebok pump was probably more effective because I did buy one pair of Reebok pumps. Yeah, what the hell was I thinking there? <laughs> I might have seen a print ad for the Chicago Dogs that made me look up like their schedule. I, I might have done that because I went to go see the Chicago. The Chicago Dogs are an independent, uh, independent semi-pro baseball team that plays out by out by the airport. <laughs> so it might have been, might have been that uh, that actually worked on me. Um, man, I wish I could give you a good answer, but I might have to postpone my answer until I realize. Like I was even looking around this room, it was like. There's nothing in here that has like a, a even like a brand name on it that I would say it was like I was susceptible to or saw a commercial for. I really don't know, Rush. I, I I'm sorry. I wish I could tell you. Yeah. No, it's all right. I I would suspect though that that you a higher percentage of your purchases than you think yeah. were advertising driven. I would assume yeah i just think that's true for basically everything yeah because i would say i would say probably 80 percent of people say like advertising has no effect on them but there's but everyone everyone who has a company buys advertising so like we're we're all wrong 
about, about right. that. Or, or, or they're all wrong. <laughs> right. <laughs> all right, Rush. Here's the last one for you. This is um, Ad Ham, but with two Ds. And what it made me think of was like, oh, I'll have the, uh, you know, I'll have the whatever ad, you know, an Ad Ham to it. So I'm going to give you, this is the one from the top. It's pretty simple. The situation, here's the situation. I'm going to give you some base model items and you can add only one, one thing to it. Cool? Yes. Here we go. A cheese pizza. Add one item. Pepperoni. Okay. I imagine that would be a pretty popular. Um, ice cream. You can add one topping. Chocolate sauce. Okay. Uh, a hamburger. You can add one item or condiment. Uh, cheese, for sure. American cheese. Okay. Cell phone. You have a new cell phone. You can only have one app. I can only add one app beyond what you get that's on the basics for the phone. Just uh, like other than this, all this phone does is dial phone numbers. Um, what, what, like one, one app would you want on there in addition to dialing phone numbers? Uh, an internet browser. Does okay. that count? Like I can um, Chrome or whatever. Give me more specific than that. Like if it was like. I mean, I would get Google Chrome or, or Safari, but if I can't have like a whole internet browser, then I would want, um. Let me look uh, real right. quick here. See what I use the most. I think I would choose the map thing. I think for like if I was driving with my phone. I think the things that I use, I use that a ton. Right now, I'd be tempted to say the activity app because I really have used that a lot over gotcha. the last year. Uh, that's been important, but but I I, I think I'm going to say. I think I'm going to say weather. I think that's my okay. most used uh, app. If, but but certainly, if I'm allowed to use an internet browser, that's it. Great. Um, so you get a TV. You 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 can put a wire in the back that gets you the four the four main networks. Um, yep. We'll even say you get you get public television, your local public television. What one kind of cable channel or other channel would you want on there? ESPN. Okay. You get um. It's just a plain like donut. You can have one topping or one thing like in the donut, but just one thing. What do you want? Uh, if it's like a plain cake donut, give me cinnamon as a topping on that. Um, and I really enjoy that. Okay. Potato chips or corn chips. You can have one, only one flavor add. What Ooh. one flavor add would you Ooh. want? Uh, corn chip would be chili cheese. Okay. Potato chip would be barbecue because sour cream and onion, that's two flavors. Well, I know I'm giving you chili cheese. So if you want, if you want sour cream and onion, that then you can have that as a as your one flavor add. Yeah, so, uh, probably. Then, I mean, my favorite potato chip is probably the Lay's cheddar and sour cream. Mm-hmm. Um, I hear you. That's probably my favorite chip. Uh, definitely my favorite corn chip. Although it's you, you can't overdo it on these, but it's the chili cheese Frito. Just what a okay. wonderful. Okay, you passing up Dorito like a Dorito flavor entirely. As far as that goes with, uh, I'm, a, I'm aware, and that's not, I'm not happy about it. I love it, I love it. but, um, but it's not, it's not my very favorite chip. It would be a top five chip for me. So chip, chip draft coming up soon. Coming up soon chip draft. <laughs> um, here's, uh, here, oh, here's the one that inspired, was inspired by Ad Ham cheese omelet. You can add one item. Oh boy. Um, that is, that's very difficult. Very difficult because 
I want multiple. I guess it's going to be ham, though, if I if I'm limited truly to just one. You know? Okay, salad. I'll give you the lettuce and dressing. You can add one other item to your salad. Like some onions on that that salad. Okay, I'm going to give you the Atari Twenty Six Hundred that came with Combat. You can add one game. Um, probably adventure. Okay. Last one, Rush. Mr. Potato Head. I'm going to give you the eyes, nose, and mouth. What one other ad do you want on Mr. Potato Head's head? Uh, penis. Okay. Oh, head. Head only. <laughs> um, I, you know, give me like a, give me like a Sherlock Holmes hat. Okay. You're a little deer stalker, a little deer stalker lid. Yeah. I couldn't, I was trying to think of what else, like, cause there were different eyes, different noses, big lips, little lips, but, but then you yeah. got like a little, like, there's like a little, like kind of hay hat that I kind of remember and a pipe, but I couldn't remember yeah, the, I remember too much the of the stuff. I almost said pipe, but yeah. you know, a little hat for him. And I guess shoes be? are an automatic, right? Cause he had to stand up on those little blue shoes. Oh, yeah. yeah. Gotta have those. Yeah. What would have been your, uh, what's your game for, let's do a couple quick game systems. Uh, the, Nintendo, the NES system. You can only have one game. What is it? Probably Mike Tyson Punch Out. Okay, I'm going to go Zelda. Okay, uh, Legend of Zelda on that. Uh, Nintendo 64. What do you got there? I don't know if I ever had the Nintendo 64. Okay, uh, uh, the uh, Sega Genesis. Sonic the Hedgehog. Okay. Um, PlayStation Four. Witcher Three. PlayStation 2. Final Fantasy 7? Computer. You get a a gaming computer. I don't know. I never had one. I think it would be like one of those early... Was there like an early mud that I could could have? Oh, yeah. You could be like... (laughs) Like walk left. Yeah, one of those. Bang into rock. <laughs> yeah. Avoid rock. I don't understand. Move around rock. I don't understand. Hurdle rock. You hurdle rock. You know. <laughs> Something like that. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, I think that's it. And I think I probably put right. mushrooms on my pizza. I, I love. I love. Uh, oh, yeah. No, I know. That's the worst. That'd be that's yeah. Weird. We couldn't, so we couldn't disagree more aggressively on that one let's not ever have a draft of of pizza toppings because it would be one of the only times that nick delicious and uh because because i think your tastes range are kind of close to nick delicious's tastes i i I think i believe it seems that way he always seems like he and i have uh we seem to like we at least have the same number one he tends to i I noticed that nick delicious tends to admit what his number one is and then he otherwise is kind of uh he he tries he tries to stay out of the way uh, like a good commentator would you know it's not about him it's about the drafters you know yeah but he's got a little chris fowler in him like i like chris fowler um but like chris fowler when he's commentating on tennis i actually think he's quite good uh but he's not a you know he didn't play professional tennis and you have all these like they trot out all these, you know, former pro players. And a lot of them mm-hmm. say a lot of really stupid stuff. And Fowler, in my opinion, to his credit, but a lot of people don't like about him, about it, is he'll just throw in his own opinion sometimes when it basically calls people out for bullshit. You know? <laughs> he'll be like, well, you, you say that, and that's interesting, but, you know, it seems like he's won a lot of points when he's come into the net, you know, or whatever. And, and then the guy is always, you can just tell they're like simmering underneath. Who, Pat McEnroe show. or who is it? Who, who, Any of them. Yeah. They, they, most of them are not very good. Um, Chris Everett's probably the worst, but uh, he doesn't, he doesn't commentate much with her, but like, yeah, 
any of the McEnroe's. Uh, John was pretty good. He's like zoned out now. He, yeah. Like, He's phoning it in when he does <laughs> these things. Uh, Darren Cahill, Darren Cahill, like very nice guy, but that's kind of his downfall. That like anytime there's a tennis match and they're like, "Hey, Darren Cahill, uh, do you think that uh, this this major change here in the second set is more a result of you know player A raising the level of their game or player B lowering the level?" Darren Cahill is incapable of saying anything bad about anybody, so it'll just be like. A little bit of both. I think it's player A raising their level. Oh, nice. No. Not even a little bit of no. both. That's not even, <laughs> right. even safer than a little bit of both. <laughs> right. Every other commentator is always like, well, it's it's both. You know, you've got both going on. <laughs> okay, he'll, he'll never be like, yeah, they've really started playing badly. <laughs> that that seems, this is also such like a, this day and age of like sports debate. This this question only existed in the last couple of years. Do you think that's more of the Rams winning the game or the Falcons losing that game? You know, right. like it, just, just an argument over an an outcome that needs no argument. So like it really right. has to be entirely fabricated. Oh yeah, we we've become great at yeah. creating sports arguments <laughs> where there where there's no need for one. Well, Mr. Howell, happy uh, Happy New Year to you, man. I've I've loved doing this for a full a full year with you. I love you, and thanks for this. This was a good time. Yeah, thank you very much. Uh, happy New Year to you and Beth. I look forward to hopefully 2021. We can uh, record uh, together again. Yes. Uh, I know that uh, my voice doesn't come through quite as well on the uh, over the Zoom, so I appreciate people uh, putting up with that. And uh, I do hope you guys uh, have a great one. Look forward to uh, seeing you in person uh, much more often next year. I believe that will, will be uh, true. And uh, thank you to everybody who's listened. I hope everybody has a, uh, this will be a couple weeks into the new year. So hope, hopefully everybody's uh, having a great start to 2021.